0: Hello, welcome to Ignited Youth, we are happy to see you and hope you enjoy our episode today. Connect with us through Instagram at bvcc.youth. If you would like to submit an anonymous question or have a prayer request, please click on the link in the description. Without further ado, here is today's episode. We've been in a series called the parables of Jesus and an old preacher said, so if I would tell you the name, you probably wouldn't know. And, and wouldn't even care, so an old preacher would say, uh, and it's not me, believe me, uh, I'm not that smart, he would say that a parable not understood, it's a riddle. So if you don't understand a parable, it's going to feel like a riddle, it's going to feel like Jesus is just talking, and you would not understand the message behind it, but when Jesus was asked about parables, why do you speak in parables, why do you speak in these stories, Um, He really meant it in Matthew to say that if you have ears, let them hear, meaning if you want to hear the word of God, you will. Um, And so we pray that tonight, as we saw in week one, that you are listening to God's voice calling you home, that you're listening to God's voice leading you home. And in other words, you know, we pray, we hope that you speaks. that you are able to speak God's language. You know, it's like somebody, somebody that, that speaks a whole different language and, you know, if you go to your nail girls, you know, you guys go to these parlors and, uh, you know, when they talk in a different language, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're talking about me. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they're mentioning something because they're staring at me and they're talking. Um, when, whenever you're in, a, in an atmosphere that you don't understand the conversation, you, you're lost. And, and these parables are the same way. It's this this divine language, and we hope that your spirit is connecting to God in a divine way. So we pray, we hope that you're speaking God's language, that your heart is connecting. You're hearing what he has to say and speak to you. And like I said, last week we spoke more about this guy questioning God, asking God, am I saved? What, What can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? He says, love God, you know, love your neighbor and you can't love either different, you have to love them the same. If you treat people like garbage, that means you're treating God like garbage. How you relate with others is exactly how your relationship with God is. It's like a mirror. You know, if you treat your spouse, you know, for us that we're married, if we treat our kids, if we treat our brother and sister, if we treat people around us, our friends, our family, You know, if we avoid them. We're avoiding God. We're not we're not having that. Now, we can say we are right. We can we can pretend we are. But in reality, our reflection of our relationships here on earth is exactly how our relationship with God is. It's the same mirror because Jesus says you can't love one without the other. You know, if you love God, you love people. You know, you can't you can't. I mean, it's pretty hard to love God. You say, oh, I love God. God's my number one and despise other people because we see other people it's easier to love other people right it's harder to love God so if you tell me I love God man he's my number one but other people around you're not important then then that was a reflection for us to be able to and we saw that last week and this one it's very hard because Jesus is having this conversation tells this story and it's a it's a tough day in Jesus ministry I mean if you guys go to work it was a tough day at work. You know, it was one of those days where everything is going wrong and, 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 you know, you're running late to, to, to work and your car didn't, you know, didn't start or you lost your keys. I mean, it's like already tension, you're already nervous, you're already stressed out you know you're driving down the highway and and you're running late and your stress level is zooming high and and then and, and, and then other people have so many complaints around your work or at your school you know there's so many things going on and and, and it's not a good day at school you're just everyone's acting up, you know, people are acting up, your friends are acting up, people are ignoring you, people are dissing you, people are just avoiding you. You're like, man, what the heck's going on? You know, who, like, man, well, I, thought, I thought we were okay, right? And then that's exactly what's going on in Jesus' ministry. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually read Matthew 13, 1, and we're going to, that's where, that's where our passage is going to be, um, we're going to read it off the account of Matthew, Matthew 13, verse one. That's the parable we're going to read today. And like I said, surrounding, surrounding the, the the parable, uh, we see all these different things going on and, and and we'll see that shortly. We'll see that shortly. But. Matthew 13, Matthew 1 says that same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat by the lake. Such a large crowd gathered him around and he got into the boat and sat in it. And while all the people stood on shore, he told them many parables, saying a farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It spread up quickly because the soil was very shallow. But then the sun came up and the plants were scorched and it withered because it had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns which grew up and then choked the plant. Still others fell in good soil which produced crops. A crop. 160 or 30 times what was sown. And again, this was in the middle, Jesus is telling this story, in the middle of a very tough moment in the day of Jesus. Re- very tough moment in the day of Jesus. Uh, there's other parts in the Bible that this same story is, is told. So we have Luke's encounter, we have Mark's encounter, and if we put this, all this little puzzle together, what we start seeing is that, yeah, Jesus is there by the sea, but he is invited to a house. We don't know where he went first. All we know is these accounts are surrounding this story. And right before Jesus tells this story, somebody brings this, this man to Jesus so he can be healed. This man is blind. He's mute and demon possessed. You can't get any worse than that. You can't talk. You can't see. And there's a bunch of demons inside of you that's not a good day right that's 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 not a good day for jesus right that's that's and then and then after that in the same in the same house as jesus is talking and he is healing this guy from all these different things they are accusing jesus that he's performing these miracles because he is demon possessed so so Friends, family, uh, people around him in the crowd, they're all just bashing on Jesus. They're all saying, Man, you know what? You're you're are you sure you're even God? Who give you the authority to forgive sins? Because then we see this prostitute that brings his oil and starts washing Jesus' feet, and all these things are happening around Jesus, and then he is healing and he is forgiving sins, and his own people, his own friends are, are are in the same crowd, and they're all murmuring and they're all making fun of Jesus and they're all talking about him and they're all God- gossiping about them. And man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking Jesus is like, are you even listening to what I'm doing? Are you even looking? Can you see that I'm healing people? Can you see that I'm restoring people? Can you see that I'm doing miracles? And yet people don't. And God is just having one of these days. Have you had one of those days where things are just not going right? And then you become from the nicest person. You become to like don't talk to me right now. Like, just don't talk to me right now. I can't, I can't, like, people talk to me. How are you doing today? Not good. <laughs> and if I can text you, it's going to sound pretty bad, so I'm just going to ignore everyone. No one's had one of those days. Oh, my God. I had. That's, that's called Mondays for me, right? Because Mondays is hard at work. Everybody's coming back from the weekend. Everyone's being lazy. Everyone is dragging in. Everyone's just you know all slow and we gotta pick up you know our job and i have to motivate people and i'm on people's case and come on let's do this come on let's do that and i you know i i, I just tell people man i don't like mondays mondays is hard i've had one of those days in life i had those seasons in life where things are just hard things are just complicated one thing after the other one thing after the other man i just don't get a break i don't know maybe i'm just speaking to myself i've had i've had those seasons in my life where i'm just like god my heart is getting hardened man my heart is getting sad because i don't see the tunnel i know you tell me you're, you're there and i know you tell me your promises but man i don't feel it i don't see them people tell me that that things are going to get better but it just doesn't seem like it is and that's what's happening. Jesus, even there, we see in, you know, Mark's encounter when people come around and go, hey, Jesus, your mom's here, your, your sisters are here, and he's just fed up. And he's like, who's my mom and who's my sister? And who's my brother? Like, Oh, geez, I'm just, don't go easy, Jesus, man. I'm just telling your mom, your mom and your brother. Your, my brothers and sisters are, are those the ones that see God's kingdom, all right? Those are my brothers and sisters. Now, leave me alone. Like, why? I mean, Jesus is having a one, of the, one of those days. Why? Because our hearts can become very hard if we're not receiving what God's saying. And then he starts going into this parable because what he is trying to do is he's trying to restore this lady from her past and forgive her past, forgive her sin. And then people are just criticizing her. And what they're doing is they're looking at this girl as through the lens of religion. Religion says that you shouldn't even touch her Jesus. So why are you? Religion tells us that you shouldn't even be touching those kind of You shouldn't even be hanging out with those kind of people. And remember when the parables, every time a parable is spoken or is taught. What Jesus is doing is that Jesus is going to try to reveal how your heart is. Every story, every parable is a salvation story. It's going to try to illuminate, trying to shine who we really are. And everybody was just not having Jesus, having mercy, having love, having compassion, having forgiveness to other people. They just, just weren't having it that day. And they're questioning Jesus. They're questioning his authority. They're questioning everything he's doing. In reality, they're questioning Christianity. Isn't that the days we live in today? People question Christianity all the time. People are questioning what we believe all the time. Our faith is being tested. This world questions the power of our God, the integrity of our God. They question what the Bible says every day. And, you can, and if you try to fight and go, Jerry, that's not true. That's because you're not living like a Christian Because if you would, you will feel resistance from people Because people will tell you A God like that, you shouldn't trust A God like that is not believable A God like that, you shouldn't follow People are always questioning who God is Especially nowadays, where everything is so passive You have many ways of thinking And so we have here, in this story, we have a farmer Guys, who's a farmer? Jesus. Jesus. Who's a farmer, guys? Jesus. All right, two people got it. Three people got it. All right, we'll go, we'll go one more time. Who's a farmer, guys? Jesus. Jesus. It's pretty easy. That first, the first question most of the time is going to be Jesus. All right, guys, So let me, I'm just going to throw that out there. Jesus. Okay, then we have in the story, we have that this farmer, the sower, was throwing seeds. What's the seeds? It's the word of God. The seeds is the word of God. And then we have the soil. What's the soil? The soil is going to be our hearts. And so then he's going to give here, we just read four different accounts, four different scenarios where this seed landed, where the word of God landed, where the gospel landed. So, who are you? The soil. Okay? I just gave you the answers of oh, all the test. Jesus is the farmer. The word of God is the seed. And you, your heart, you as a person is a soil. So you're going to have to ch- kind of do that question. Ask that question. How's your soil? How's your soil? How's your heart? How's their life? How's their soil? Because now we're going to go into verse 18 and we're going to break it down because verse 18 in there in Matthew starts giving us the details behind the story, because just like you and me, right? We start listening. I'm not a farmer. I don't I don't I don't plant. I don't grow. So I would I would I wouldn't know what, what grows on what. So the people there, the disciples are asking Jesus, what does that mean? Jesus, why, what what are you talking about here? And so in verse 18 and 19, he's going to start breaking it down. And he says this, this, if you understand this parable, you would understand every parable. So I would suggest that today you start preparing your hearts to listen. Because if you understand this one, you understand all of them. Now I believe what Jesus says, so I will bank on that. Jesus said, if you believe and you understand this one, you will understand all of them. He gives four. He gives four different scenarios. One was where the seed fell on just the road and the birds came and picked it up and just ate it. Okay. The other one fell on rocky places. The other one fell on thorns. And then the other one fell on good soil. Which one are you? Which one are you? And so we're going to be going down and we're going to listen and we're going to look at what the... Description that jesus says verse 18 says listen then to what the parable of the sower means that's jesus telling them all right knuckleheads listen i know you guys have add listen it's like when you're in school hey test time listen this is going to be on the test verse 19 when anyone hears the message about the kingdom of god and does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches it away. What was sown in their hearts. That is the seed along the path. See the first soil are those people that come into church with no means of changing. You're like what? There's people that go to church without wanting to change? Absolutely. 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 Yep. There are some people that go to church not ever wanting to change. They're going to be a distraction to other people. They're going to be a stumbling block to other people. They're going to hear the word of God just like everyone else. But guess what? The enemy, as, as soon as those seeds drop, man, those birds came and pick it up. Meaning they didn't get anything. As soon as we said, welcome, boom, it's gone. They're like, boop, I am already punched out. And I'm just here because any other reason. Mom, friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, cousin. It's Mother's Day, I promised them. Whatever it is, I'm here. There are some people that are just not going to change. There are some people that are going to hear the God, are going to hear the word of God. Are going to hear the promises, and in their minds, they're just thinking about something else, and they're just nodding. and they're just smiling, and they're just shaking their head like, "We're good, man. Awesome. That's a great talker." You know, thank you for turning on the AC. As long as it's cool, man, I'm 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 alright. You know, and they're gonna go walk out the same way they came in. No change, no transformation. It's like. A seed is meant for it to grow. And on this first part, it says that it went along, it fell along the path on the road. What can grow on the road? I mean, I'm not a farmer, guys. I'm not Farmer Jerry, so I don't know. But I would say nothing. I, I, I don't know about you. You throw a bunch of seeds on, just on the floor on concrete. I, I don't think it's going to grow. I, I mean, like I said, I'm not a farmer, but what do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's not going to grow, guys. So don't feel like you're going to grow a big crop if you start throwing things on, the, on, on, on concrete. Because as soon as it, 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 it falls, it's going to make noise. And guess what? Animals are coming. The birds are going to come and sweep and just start nibbling and eating anything that had life. If your heart, if your heart is like stone, There is nothing I could say. There is no prayer in this place that can be formed that can help you unless you allow it to start going in your heart. And then God can do anything. You know the reason why Satan is saying and he will never change? It's because Satan's heart is so cold and dark and he, he doesn't want to change. He doesn't. He is created by God to something beautiful and wonderful. Yet, he allowed that pride to stir up, wanting to be like God. We're all created for something more. We're all created to live. We're all created to consume this seed of the gospel and just spur up fruit and life. And if you're in your place and you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I am dead inside. Man, I am just dry inside. Man, I am cold inside. Guess what? It's not that God doesn't want it. It's not that he's not giving the seed. It's that you're not allowing it. You're not putting the right soil in your heart for it to nourish. The seed. Don't blame God. My God is loving. He's in the pursuit of you. He loves you. You don't want to change because you don't want to change. I'm not saying it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to say it's not going to be hard for you. I'm not going to say it's not going to be difficult times. But the change comes when your heart is ready for the change. All we can do at this point is just pray man, I'm glad you're here. Just, we love you. Just keep on coming, hoping that one day, through the hearing of the word of God, your heart can get softer and softer and softer. But that's, that's, that, that, that's the first parable, right? That's part of the first parable. Verse 20 says, the sea falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word And at once receives it with joy. So there's a good part here, guys, okay? It's going to get better and better, I promise. The second one receives it with joy. You're not uh, ignoring me. You're not uh, ignoring God's word. You hear it. You receive it. But since they have no roots, they last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes their way, because of the world, they quickly Fall away. There's people that are going to hear. Maybe you're here, you're, you're like, hey, I'm not the first one. Like, uh, that's not me. But, but maybe you're hearing. Maybe you're like, okay, that makes sense. And maybe you're like, man, God, that's awesome. You have that for me? Great. But because you don't have any root, because your root has not, because it's still rocky, it's not cement. But there's rocks, and there's a little bit of just a little bit of just uh, uh, um, soil on top of the rock. So you're only growing as much as the soil you, there is on top of the rock, and there's very little. So it's saying that whenever trouble comes and persecution comes, what happens is that anything will knock you down. You're excited. You're excited. You're excited. And what happens is you just you just have a just a, a slight moment and everything goes out the window. And what it's saying is that anything can kill your joy. A small wind can just take you out. See, if some of you guys are like, yes, I want to know God. Yes, I want more of God. But something bad happens. One thing happens. You gotta be, oh my God, I'm the dumbest person in the world. I gotta be. Man, some of us would thank God for a be. Just the smallest things in your life distract you. It's done with. You throw in the towel. I'm done with God. I'm done with this. I'm done with faith. I'm done with church. I'm done. The smallest things. You find yourself in that crossroads. Either you run to God and go, man, help me. Or you're running away from saying, man, how could you? And there's some people like that. For any small thing that happens, any pain, any trouble, you're like, okay, I'm not in God's will. Because definitely Christians shouldn't suffer. And that's not a Christianity that God taught. And Jesus is saying in this parable, man, you love me until things get hard. You love me until things start, people start questioning what you're doing. Then you abandon me. You love me only when I feed you. That's what happened with a lot of people in the multitude. Jesus would teach and everybody was coming. Everybody was coming. Oh, man, this is awesome. He's healing. He's doing miracles. And then he stopped. And they're like, what, you're not going to feed me today? He says, no, oh, got to go. And when we don't get it the way we want it, when we don't get what we're asking God to do, then we start drifting away. And that's what this, this second illustration of the parable is. You ditch God as much as you come to God. The same when you come to God, you're like, okay, God, I'm sorry. It's like that bipolar person in your life. Yes, God, man, I love you. And then, oh, man, I hate you. Oh, no, no, okay, forgive me. No, 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 we're good. We're good. I'm sorry. My, my bad, my bad. I just didn't see the text. I didn't, I didn't think you were going to answer. I didn't think you were there. And constantly going back and forth. I've seen people cry. I've In ministry, we've seen people ask for forgiveness. We've seen people come and, and just Give their life to Christ and go, man, I want to change today. I want to change. And on a Sunday, they're good, man. On a Sunday, they're pumped up because they're in this atmosphere, right? But when the right temptation comes your way, man, you're you're, you're the first one out there. When your atmosphere changes and not everyone's saying hallelujah, when not everyone's saying praise the Lord, when your atmosphere changes, you change. Like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be the weird one standing out I, I don't even believe this all thing thing is true anyway And as much as on Sundays you love him Man on Mondays and the rest of the week Man he's, he's a ghost And those are the ones that are falling on the rocks You only allow that transformation As much soil that you allow Maybe that's you Or maybe not Maybe this one's you Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to to someone who hears the word of God, but life worries. You got to be careful with those worries. And the deceitfulness of wealth choked the word, making it unfruitful. And And it looks like, I remember telling my dad, he would constantly tell me, to change, right? He would constantly tell me to be better. He would constantly tell me. And I would tell him, man, yeah, dad, because that's your life. I have to go to reality, I have to go to the real world. You stay here at church, you're okay. This, he, he would tell me to be better. He knew the potential in me. But I would put excuses. Of, but you don't understand because you live in this bubble, I don't. You're old-fashioned. I'm not. Your life is not my life. You worry about people in church. I have to go to my friend. I have to go to the world. I have to live my life. See, I, I live on the real, where, where real situations happen. And the worries of life would constantly distract us. The worries, what's gonna happen tomorrow? Am I gonna make, am I gonna survive? Am I gonna pull through? Am I gonna be, well, what's gonna happen here? What's gonna happen there? And consistently there's these worries of the world that you take upon yourself that can choke. It's like, it's not even bully, it's choking. Have you seen somebody get choked? I mean, it's just, they have their head around their arm and they're just going at it. And they, whoever's being choked is just like, just you know, they're just swinging their arms like, let go, I can't breathe. That's the purposes in your life. When you allow, when you allow worries of life consume you, it chokes any purpose, it chokes any life it chokes any promises that god has for you these worries of life these promises that god has those worries will choke why because your attention your 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 resources everything is going go to go into try to fix something you can't fix you're trying to fix something that is out of your control you just you don't have the wisdom you don't have the knowledge you don't have the authority You are out of your you're out of your elements and you're trying to fix something that only God can fix. And every time that you give one moment to those worries, every time you listen to those worries of life. What's going to happen to me the next stage of my life? Man, I'm growing up. I don't have a job. What, 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 you know, what am I going to do? The entertainment, the, the going out, the clothes, the job, the career, my future, all these things. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not, we need to work, right? Don't be lazy. Don't be a 43-year-old guy sitting in your mom's room, you know, one of her rooms and just sitting there and going, I don't got anything to do. Like, I don't want to. No, no, no. You got to work, right? Nobody should be lazy. You should, we need money to pay bills, buy food, pay, you know, rent. We need money to survive. How much is too much when you stop depending on God? That's too much. That's too much. When you think that that money, that dollar sign is going to relieve that stress because we all get better when we get paid. Pay Friday, Payday. You work, you know what I mean. You're like, man, this day could be the worst day, but guess what? It's payday. It's awesome. Woo! Man, my boss can be the biggest jerk, but guess what? It's payday. And it's Friday, and I'm not working tomorrow. So you know what? It's even better. And you just got happier. Your day could have been the worst day ever. But we're made that way, right? You've seen people play the lotto. They're happy. As soon as they win, oh my, they're like screaming. They still almost sure got the same problems. What changed? Their trust, their perspective. They're looking at things that are going to vanish. Guess what? That man, the money is going to go away eventually see the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth i'm not saying money is evil that's not what i'm saying but it's again what you produce what you allow to grow the moment that you continue to look for people's approval man nobody's paying attention to me no i'm not anxiety starts rising stress starts rising You know, another old pastor. I just listened to old pastors this week. I'm sorry. Another old pastor said in one of his sermons that the will of God most of the times is sour to our taste, but it's pleasant to our stomach. But the will of man is always pleasant to our taste, but sour to our stomach. When God tells you to do something, man, it is. It's sour. You, you make that face when you eat a lemon. Have you ever eaten a lemon? Or like you got in a little kid and give him a lemon. It's funny. Their face is like. Right? It's just like. And that's how we feel with God. Like, man, why are you making me go through this? I don't get it. But in your stomach, it's fulfilling. Because you know that everything God gives you is plentiful. It's abundant. It's life. So every moment you spend in worrying and in anxiety, you're feeding the beast that's going to destroy you. It's going to choke your destiny. It's going to choke your life. Those are the things that we again you're thinking. But that's oh, okay. Maybe that's me or not. Verse twenty three. But the seed falling on good soil refers to the ones who hear the word of God and understands it. This is the one who produces crop yielding a hundred or sixty or thirty times of what was sown. So again, not a farmer guy, right? But I was studying this and. One of the things when you allow God to start working, you're going to get fruit. That's that's just no matter. That's just that's the given. But then it starts changing all these numbers it starts going crazy here. And you have to understand people that were listening to God, to Jesus telling this parable. Some of them were farmers, some of them were shepherds, and we're going to see that, um, you know, in the weeks coming up. But some of them were farmers and they're like, oh, yeah. So the seed fell in the good soil and it gave fruit. OK, that's good. And then he starts giving these radical numbers, starts changing. And they're like, well, that, that's that. That, that can't be because it takes time for this seed to grow. So how can it produce that much fruit? How can it produce that much crop? And in reality, what God is trying to tell them is that, yes, when you have God in your life, you're going to give fruit. But there is a time. There is a moment where some of you guys are like, yeah, I'm I'm listening to God. I'm I'm trying to do my best, man. I'm seeking. And then he starts changing in these radical numbers. And what Jesus is trying to let them know is. Yes, giving fruit is great, but when you submit to God fully, the ways that he is going to do, the things that he's going to do in your life are going to be not only just giving fruit. He's going to do extraordinary things in your life to the point where people cannot miss the hand of God in your life. He's saying, I don't want to just give, don't just give fruit. And sometimes we stay there. Sometimes we're like, God, I just want to be able to be okay. And give fruit. And Jesus says, that's That's fine. But when you're in the right place and God puts the seed and you're in the right moment with the right heart. And and, and you're you're just, man, I'm ready to go, God. Yes, yes. What happens is this, is that when he does something, he's going to give it and Whatever's going to come out is going to come abundantly. It's going to explode. Have you ever put just popcorn and just added more popcorn to the pan and it just starts popping and it just starts overfilling and you don't know where to stop? You're like, oh my goodness, you're like, you're just freaking out. Imagine that how many blessings that God wants to do in your life. Imagine God is telling you, you won't even be able to hold. You won't be able to understand. You won't even be able to to comprehend all the things that I want to do for you. All you have to do is just have a right heart to be able to, I'll put the seed. I'll plant the seed. I'll water the seed. I'll grow the seed. Just have the right atmosphere for me to work. Just have the right heart. And you'll see how God moves radically in your life in a way where people cannot miss God's presence, God's protection, his love over your life. And we're going to pray because that's what we want. Maybe you've been in these other stages. But tonight we want to pray that your heart is ready because life gets your heart hearted. There was a statement, now they made. When we were talking a few weeks ago, she said, what would happen if we would love like if we'd never been hurt before? What would our lives be if we would live and act like we've never been hurt, you know? And, and I see babies walking around. I see kids, and they're so happy. You know why? Because life has not gotten to them yet. They're the most happiest people in the world. You give them a candy, they're like, oh, for me? Oh you just spend time with them and sit there and hug them, and you're like, oh my God, I'm getting a hug. And they're just happy with the simple things of life because they don't have any more expectations than your presence. Can we imagine starting over our lives without ever being hurt? And I know it's hard because sometimes your hurt is bigger than what you can imagine. Maybe what you've gone through is just more than what you can bear. And I'm not here for, the, for a pity party, guys. I'm not here for, you know, but we all go through things. You know, it's, it's amazing to have my wife and to celebrate Mother's Day, but I can't call my mom. I don't have my mom. Father's Day, I don't have my dad either. Christmases is different. See, we all go through things. It doesn't mean it has to rob you from who you are. And maybe we won't laugh and smile as much anymore, and that's okay. But we shouldn't allow pain distractions, things of this world to give us our identity. All that belongs to God. If we're in the right soil, it doesn't matter what happens here. God will continue to be faithful because the thing of God and the thing when he would preach and when he would come is he didn't come so that he can answer every single thing we asked him. That's not why he's here. And if you think God's going to answer every prayer you have, I am so sorry to disappoint you. And maybe that's going to be part of you going to go, then I'm going to check out. And you know what? I'm so sorry because you will miss the kingdom of God. Or maybe you're going to be there going, you know what? This world loves me way more than God does because they answer a lot faster than God does. And you know what? Maybe they do. And I'm telling you, it's going to be temporary. The world will always answer faster. The world will always give you everything faster. The enemy, the devil, will always give you everything you ask for automatically. He won't wait. He'll give it to you right on the spot. What you ask him, he will. You're thinking, man, that's that's how God should be. No. (laughs) You know how God should be? Like God, because he knows you. He knows exactly what's going to destroy you and what's not. And he loves you too much. Too much. You guys will know when you guys become parents. Sometimes I know is what they need. I know it's hard to hear. I know. Because we want God to answer every single thing we ask him. Give us everything we need. If not, he's not a good God. Yet. He gave us something that this world cannot give us, eternal life. Nothing can save us. He can give us everlasting joy. And I can tell you because we've seen people in the hospital dying and they're happy. There's this joy that just doesn't take, nothing can take that joy away from them. We've seen people poor. I remember one time being in Peru and having this conversation with this pastor and telling him, man, you know what? Uh, I just felt bad because we were spending money like crazy in the church where we were at. and Our budget was dumb crazy and this guy was thinking about, worrying about putting toilets and water, water to go through his church and be able to function just the essentials and I'm over here, like, oh my God, we're gonna we're gonna stop our projects and give you everything. And you know, I'm over here going through these, you know, just this rampage, I telling my, my team home, when we get home, man, we're gonna we're gonna stop all these dumb plans. We don't really need them, and they need them. And the pastor looked at me could tell me, Don't take my joy away. Don't take my joy away. I got people praying hard in this church. I got people just sacrificing for this church. Don't take my joy away because you feel bad for yourself. You do, he tells me, you do what God called you to do. And I'll do what God calls me to do. Not about making you feel bad. And I hope that you can start learning through these, hearing these stories and going, man. God's in a pursuit remember in the audience there were people in different stages that's why Jesus tells the story about the about, about, about the sower he's saying guys some of you guys are not going to get happy when I heal someone some of you guys going to put so many just buts ifs why did you heal him you didn't heal me why did you bless him you didn't bless me how come you forgave him how can you forgave her? You don't do it for me. I'm here every week. I pray. I serve. Why, why, why? And God says, hey, you have salvation. And we heard it today. My grace is sufficient. You're already saved. What more do you want? Everything else is a bonus. And if you're like, well, that's not, the, that's not the God I want. That's the God that is. That's the God that loves you. Believe me, he will give you a lot more. He knows what you want. It's about growing you. It's about growing and giving fruit. That's the whole thing about Christianity. Give fruit. We're going to pray. We're going to stand up. We're going to sing a song. And what we're going to do today is going to be a little bit different. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, right before we sing this song, I pray like Isaiah that the word of God will not return void I pray that our ears are able to listen our hearts are in the right place I pray that your spirit can move And comfort us and love us in our day of trouble. And with our lives for us to be able to give fruit, bear fruit in a way that this world cannot deny your existence. So I pray for people's hearts tonight. I pray that the enemy does not have any authority over their lives, over their dreams, over their identity. They belong to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.